podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I'm sure this one's going to really register here with Mr. Cassidy, but uh, global sea levels have been rising over the past century and the rate has increased in recent decades. What are your thoughts? on this very serious global situation. What? Chef, what are you talking about? That's got nothing to do with this situation. Next question. Mr. Cassidy? (laughs) Sea level continues to rise at about the rate of one-eighth of an inch per year. A higher sea level enables storm surges to push further inland and therefore increase the extremely dangerous flooding in coastal communities. Failure to minimize our fossil fuel use and reduction of carbon emissions could be devastating to the estimated 40% of the population of the United States that lives in these coastal communities and globally eight of the world's largest 10 cities. Thank you. Well, I think we have us a debate. Where'd that come from? What the hell? Your opinion don't matter. This maniac is gonna step on whomever. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez. We're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. It's episode number 44, and like we've been getting the last few weeks, sir. The the show starts off with a match already in the ring, ready to go, uh, and they saved us the the long entrances, assuredly, what would be the long entrances for this match, by starting off with the Elite and FTR against the Dark Order in a 12-man tag, and somehow this match was chaotic but controlled, if that makes sense. Um, a million things happening, but it all seemed to work out for the most part. Uh, the beginning of the match is basically all the elite. Uh, it's them just winning on the Dark Order until uh, Cold Cabana actually assists Brody Lee in cutting off Kenny Omega. And uh, they even actually reference the Kenny Omega Colt Cabana feud on being the elite, which is. <laughs> 
nothing like what is on television. <laughs> it's essentially just like a cartoon uh, feud on being the elite, but they referenced it here. Uh, Kenny, so Kenny has just worked over by the Dark Order for a while. The baby faces, all of them make a comeback with, I wrote here, 1,000 moves, but I could be wrong. But it felt like they hit about 1,000 moves. There's a lot of moves. Yeah. Uh, during this comeback, Dax Harwood of FTR hurt his knee, and Cash Wheeler and Hangman Page help him to the back. But this gives the Dark Order the numbers advantage, and they retain control. Uh, Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks, he makes a one-man comeback on everybody. Hangman Page comes back out to assist. He gets tagged in. He runs wild. Eventually, Brody Lee stops him, and the uh, the Dark Order serves up a, a bunch of tandem double and triple team moves that get them several near falls. The Young Bucks get back into the ring, super kick everybody, and uh, Hangman Page goes for the buckshot lariat on Brody Lee, but Brody ducks it and hits his own discus lariat on Hangman Page. To get the win, Dark Order wins this 12-man tag. And what did you think of the opener, Nick? I thought the opener was hot. There was so much good action going on. And uh, and just you can't go wrong when you put the Elite in there. I What was it? Earlier in the match, I feel like we saw Nick Jackson and Mr. Brody have an exchange. And I'd love to see that singles match just from the little taste we got uh, there. Mm-hmm. Um. I gave this one three and a half stars. I enjoyed it. It was a fantastic match. Yeah, I thought um, Alan Angels looked pretty good in this one. Number five for the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Who was number nine? It was oh. some guy in a suit. He had like like dress pants and a button-up shirt and a Dark Order mask. Uh, mm-hmm. But there was a moment where this dude kind of like two steps up to the top rope and Nick Jackson like meets him up there and they do the, like the super avalanche hurricane run off the top rope. I don't know who that guy is, but whoever he was is very good or he is at least very athletic. Uh, I have no idea who that guy was, but I guess he was in there to do those spots. Uh, I really like this match too. I went three and a half stars, uh, a crazy 12-man tag, but somehow uh, kept it all together. Way better than those multi-man tags that you get on those New Japan shows. So, Oh, yeah. Competitive. Uh, They're actually fun to watch. Grapple like this more than we did, man. 3.78. Oh. Almost, yeah, three and three quarters on average uh, from the good people over at Grapple. Then we get uh, John Moxley. He's backstage talking about his main event championship defense tonight. Uh, when he was a young man, he was told by all the veterans what to do. Sometimes he wished he'd listened to them, but knowing where he is now with the AEW World Championship, he knows he wouldn't change anything, so he gets Darby Allen. But times do change, and Moxley now finds himself in the role of the advocate, wishing uh, that somebody would watch out for their own health he loves Darby. He doesn't want to be the guy who ends Darby Allen's career and begs him that when the time comes, when it when the time comes to stay down, to just stay down. He knows Darby's not going to listen to him because 
he wouldn't listen to him either in Darby's shoes, but he wishes he would. I thought that was a really good promo from um, from Moxley setting up the the story of the main event later. What did you think? I enjoyed it quite a bit too. Uh, they got a pretty interesting dynamic these two, and uh, added a little something extra to it with that promo. I'd say. Uh, speaking of a story. <laughs> Uh, earlier in the night, we saw the best friends arrive in Trent's mom's minivan, which apparently has been entrusted to Chuck. Apparently, Trent does not have his license. So uh, Chuck is the one driving. And it's Santana and Ortiz of the Inner Circle versus Chuck and Trent best friends. Uh, another tag team match here. And there's a lot of back and forth early, but... Uh, the best friends have the advantage going into a commercial break. After that break, Ortiz p- pokes the eyes of Trent like a dastardly bad guy uh, to gain the advantage, and they work over Trent for quite a while. But he man- um, he eventually manages to fight back and gets the tag to Chuck Taylor, who runs in, uh, you know, does the old uh, fiery babyface comeback, hits soul food and the falcon arrow on Ortiz, but it only gets a two. Uh, then he gets cut off and they go for uh, the street sweeper, but that's broken up and Ortiz is cradled and best friends get the win. Uh, I thought this was a good tag team match too. What did you think? It's an excellent tag team match. I'm surprised this wasn't saved for tag team appreciation night. Oh yes. Well, but there are many tag matches for that night. So yeah, that's true. It just, it feels like this whole show was mostly tag matches, but right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was a fun competitive match. Santana and Ortiz and best friends could be a really funny dude. I mean, we've already seen that and we'll talk more about that here in a minute. But Mm -hmm. I mean, both these guys have the potential to be really goofy and then they have really fun, competitive, exciting matches. So yeah, I was all for it. I gave it three and uh, can't wait to talk about what happens later. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I feel the same way. I also gave this match three stars. Grapple 2.95. So we are on the we're on the same page with that one, I think. And oh, yeah. uh, after that, we get uh, we, we're catching up with the MJF campaign. Uh, we are <laughs> in MJF campaign headquarters, where he is a prick to everybody. The poster is not level in uh, in the office. He does he wants to know how he's doing in the polls, uh, and then uh, says, "Look, even though Tony Khan has signed off on his match with John Moxley at All Out for the championship." Uh, that is not stopping their campaign. And then somebody asks, well, what if Darby wins the championship tonight? And uh, MJF would not be upset at all if he had to wrestle the 120-pound emo kid for the championship. Uh, <laughs> and that would play out uh, That would play out a little bit later as well. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that happens is a little weird to me, I thought. In, oh, yeah. In the ring is Matthew Hardy. <laughs> And stronger than death. death. And basically he comes out and essentially says, Hey, I'm done playing characters on TV. (laughs) We, we listened to the, we, we looked at the breakdown of the demos. We listened to the audience and they don't like multiverse Matt Hardy in AEW. So I'm, I'm not playing that character anymore is essentially what he said here. Um, he's a mentoring private party. And then he tried to mentor Sammy Guevara, but Sammy turned his back on him. And then Sammy Guevara attacks him and they brawl. And Sammy dangerously whips a chair at Matt Hardy 
like the top of this folding chair, just like a dart right at Matt Hardy's head. And Matt is bleeding like insane amounts of blood are like his whole face is covered in blood. And then Sammy does this out of control dive off the stage through a table. What is happening, Nick? <laughs> I I don't know. I guess this is how you reset Matt Hardy for AEW and let him be the uh, old veteran rather than fucking Matt Hardy or Big Money Matt or whatever. He's Damascus, yes. Damascus. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool. Like, it started out kind of weird, and then I was like, I, I can get along with this. Sammy and Matt would have a great match. Mm-hmm. I was just... I have no idea what happened here at the end. Like, Sammy just hurled this chair in a really unsafe manner and then did a dive that looked wildly out of control. Like, it looked like he was just going to do a front flip, but kind of did a 450 sort of maybe, but was, I don't know. I don't know what was happening here. Uh, That was crazy. Then the cameras cut to the back and... Santana and Ortiz destroy Trent's mom's van. They're angered by this loss and they're smashing windows and Santana spray paints the name Sue on the hood and then circles it and crosses it out as if to say that Santana and Ortiz are anti Trent's mom. They're very, yes. How rude. Uh, And that's not the end of the thing. There's more. Uh, There's more to come later. Uh, But this is the setup for uh, the rebuttal from the best friends. Who, by the way, were all over this show this week. It should be good. More Dark Order. Alex Reynolds, John Silver against uh, the team that I have dubbed The Sweet Life. Uh, I guess it's not Zach and Cody, but it's Matt and Cody. Matt Cardona and Cody Rhodes. Uh, I thought, if anything, Nick, that this was an excellent showing for Silver and Reynolds. Uh, I thought they looked great in this match. Uh, They got way more offense than you'd think, and the match went through a break. Uh, Cody is the worn down guy. Um, So he's the one defending his title all the time, and he's the guy that Dark Order pick apart, and he gets cut off and worked over. So he gets the hot tag to Matt Cardona. Um, he gets in, he runs wild for a minute, but then gets picked clean by this great sequence of moves from Silver and Reynolds. Like they were just snapping off moves one after the other on this guy. And it was awesome. Uh, Cardona manages to kick out Cody and Silver wipe each other out. And then Cardona hits Alex Reynolds with radio silence. The former rough rider for <laughs> the, uh, the victory. I thought this was a good match too. What did you think? And I, I had a great time with this match. You got to see Matt Cardona, Matt Cardona do a Pearl River plunge, which was always fun. <laughs> yes. If only he'd cut an Ahmed Johnson style promo afterwards, that would have been the icing on the cake. Oh, going down. <laughs> Eat a reef. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the action was awesome. You, you're correct. Silver and Reynolds had a lot of, uh, with this mask, they got to do all kinds of cool things in it mm-hmm. and uh, it made everyone look good except for Cody but it makes sense when you put it in the context of he's tired he's been wrestling every week even when he's not defending the title he's in like a multi-man match you know? right 
I gave it uh, two and three quarter stars. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I liked it even more than you a little bit. I landed on three for this one as well. I thought Cardona looked good here. Uh, Cody played his part, obviously, which was to really just let Cardona shine. And uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, I thought, looked better than everybody in this match. Uh, sure. they were. I thought they looked great. Uh, Grapple gave it 2.65 okay. out of 5. So, yes. By the way, that Cardona looks like a big star with all that pyro and everything. Oh, yes. Yes, he seemed amazed that he got pyrotechnics. Uh, <laughs> like, ah, they didn't give me this shit in the other place. Um <laughs> <laughs> now for uh, I don't know if Nick th- this was your main event for the evening or not but uh, best friends discovered Trent's mom's van and <laughs> they are not pleased uh, Chuck is angry said worst of all they made a liar out of Chuck because he promised Trent's mom that he would take care of this van Trent is like look you guys can do whatever you want to us we don't care but essentially saying that uh, attacking his mom's van was a, was a bridge too far. And uh, what, what, ex- what exactly did he say? He didn't say that was rude. He was, what did he say? Like it was uncalled for or something. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and I, he's, he's like, you guys are going to pay. And when, when we're done, you are going to personally apologize to my mother on speakerphone. That's right. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> fighting words. Um, <laughs> Sue getting the the revenge of Sue. Ortiz. Yes. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I want to see the Sue Ortiz face off. That'll be nice. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, then it's time for the Chris Jericho Orange Cassidy debate. The debate moderator is Eric Bischoff, who. Uh, is actually a really good TV performer, but basically was only here to literally play a straight man to all of this uh, mm-hmm. and did a fine job. Tony Schiavone was freaking out that his old boss was here back on a wrestling show on TNT in the year 2020. And basically the first couple of questions are just Jericho running down Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy not talking, right? It's just mm-hmm. Jericho listing all the reasons he hates him etc etc and then Eric Bischoff randomly asks a question about climate change and rising sea levels and Jericho is pissed what a stupid question why would you ask that question and then Orange Cassidy basically just does a long diatribe about rising sea levels and what we need to do on like the, the East coast to like prevent this further climate change. And then, you know, like essentially mic drops and, uh, everyone is caught off guard. Tony Schiavone is like laughing his ass off. He doesn't know what's going on at all. Um, and then, uh, the last question is about how much the match means to them, and Orange Cassidy cuts off Chris Jericho, and actually cuts a hell of a promo. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he says that you know Jericho thinks he's smart, calling out the guy for calling out the guy who doesn't talk for a debate, trying to embarrass him, but he isn't embarrassed. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about Jericho. He cares about the match. He does care about that. Um, you know, because it's the biggest match of his career. And he notes that it's also Jericho's biggest match of his career. 
and Jericho is laughing at this idea. Uh, and Orange Cassidy's like, no, no, it really is because, you know, you're Chris Jericho. Like all of those things that people can Google about you, all of your accomplishments or whatever. He's like, but what if you lose to the guy who puts his hands in his pockets? And <laughs> he's like, because that is what's going to happen. Look into the eyes of the guy who's going to beat you next week. And uh, Jericho is, he's had enough. He's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And the best part is, he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you right now. And then he says, Jake, get him. <laughs> that was that was great. Uh, Hager beats him up. They, uh, they stuff his hands into his pockets. And Hager hurls him at Jericho, who hits him with the Judas effect, and knocks him out. And the best friends come out to run off uh, Jericho and Hager. I thought this segment was pretty damn great. Yes, it was. This was good shit. Uh, I loved it. Even though it was weird. The I mean, I know why they did the comedy thing with the the rising tides and whatnot, but it was so strange. It was so weird, but I loved it. Me too, man. It was uh, it was just your way of showing that Orange Cassidy has an idea of what's going on, but he doesn't feel the need to vocalize it all the time. No, nah, no, nah, man. He's chill. He's too chill. You know, too he fucking knows. chill. Yeah. He reads, so. he reads Twitter. He knows what's up. Um, so Britt Baker is at ringside she's in fact wearing a Michael Jordan jersey <laughs> tremendous and she chooses Reba to face Big Swole this week and Reba does not know I mean Rebel does not know what to do she's freaking out the announcers do note that she does have a hundred matches under her belt but has not wrestled in a very long time and mostly does makeup and hairstyling work for AEW and Britt Baker. And Big Swole comes out, not taking this match seriously, beats Reba super quick, although Reba gets a few moves in and is amazed by the fact that she even got any moves in. And then Big Swole hit Dirty Dancing and won. I gave this match one quarter of a star, Nick. One quarter? Whoa. Uh-huh. I was not I was not impressed with this. This match don't impress me much. <laughs> what did you think? So you so you're throwing Reba into the mix. That don't impress me much. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I gave it only one star, but yeah, it, it there wasn't much to it. I just liked Reba's acting or Rebel. Jeez, they got they're <laughs> gonna make her name Reba, aren't they? Look on on Grapple, it's Big Swole versus Reba. So, <laughs> uh, which by the way, they liked it more than I did. They gave this point nine three stars. So almost one star, uh, basically where you left off uh, as well. But yeah, this was just, I didn't care for this at all. Uh, and uh, then we get the announcement for a lot of the matches for next week. It's tag team appreciation. There'll be a special appearance by the Brain Busters, Tully uh, Blanchard and Arn Anderson and the Rock and Roll Express. The Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson against the Young Bucks. That match should be great. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega against the Jurassic Express. Uh, that should be great. Cody defending the TNT Championship against Scorpio Sky should also be good. And, of course, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy Part 2. Uh, that should also be good. Lining up to be a good show next week. And speaking of, it's main event time. John Moxley defending the AEW Championship against Darby Allen. And the story of this match is as you would have expected it. Uh, Darby is defiant throughout and Moxley kills him throughout. The fight spills onto the stage. Moxley tosses him off of the stage 
and into the ring post heading into a commercial break. Uh, back from the break and Darby is fighting back, hits him with a code red to get a two count. Both of them are down in the middle of the ring when Wardlow comes out, MJF's henchman, and this uh, distracts the referee and allows MJF to come from the other side of the ring, grab the AEW championship and hit John Moxley in the head with it, uh, making Moxley bleed as well. And this gives Darby Allen a chance to hit the coffin drop, which he does and gets a very close two. So this ties into MJF. Actually, despite all of his talk about wanting to fight John Moxley, actively tried to avoid doing it here by trying to help Darby Allen win. Um, he goes for a second coffin drop, but this time Moxley is ready, catches him in a sleeper, but Darby is fighting out of it. So Moxley uh, morphs into Minoru Suzuki and hits him with a gotch style pile driver, but only gets a two. And then Moxley has no choice but to hit the move that he almost broke Darby Allen's neck with the last time they fought a paradigm shift. And he drills him with that one and finally gets the win. And John Moxley retains the AEW championship. What did you think of the main event? It was an awesome main event. Yeah. You guys really gave it their all, man. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. Yes. Me too. Um, just, I'm a big fan of that coffin drop into the sleeper hold spot. I thought that's just mm-hmm. always so much fun. And and the fact that he, he could have had it. He was so close. Had he not been more aware of what was going on, he could have won the championship. Darby just always looks like he's just that close just for it to be snatched away. Yep. Good stuff. But yeah. Damn, damn good stuff. Um, I gave it three and three-quarter stars. Woo! High praise. Yeah, I didn't I didn't land there. I landed three and a half, but I thought it was a really good match. I thought it was a little too much Moxley. Um because this was like ninety-five percent Moxley. It was just him killing Darby and Darby refusing to quit, which I get, but uh, eventually you can't keep doing that, I don't think. I feel like they've done maybe that a little too much with Darby Allen, and I was hoping to see him get a little more in on this match and his one big almost victory came at the hands of somebody else um, assisting him essentially. So I know that they're not heading towards uh, Darby in that position. They're obviously building towards MJF and John Moxley, but I would like, I think in the future, a little more consideration paid towards Darby Allen in that regard. Um, Cause that, that guy definitely has something. So uh, mm-hmm. Please continue with that. But I really liked it. I went three and a half. Uh, the good people over at Grapple gave this 3.88. So almost four above you, sir, even. Um, <laughs> so they really enjoyed it. And a pretty good show this week, uh, yeah. all things considered. Did you watch any of the, the women's tag cup stuff? Oh, how was it? I didn't also. I also did not watch it. Uh, I heard it was not very good. The two matches that they showed were not good. Uh, the I know that the Nightmare Sisters uh, won. They beat the uh, the Nyla Rose and Ariane Andrews team. Um, Cameron did not look good. There's a surprise, and uh, the. Other match was, I think it was the team of Anna Jay, who is in the Dark Order, and Tainara Conti, who was a former NXT women's wrestler. 
she is now in AEW, and their team won, and I honestly don't remember who they face now off of the top of my head. So, I think Penelope Ford was in there, wasn't she? Yes, it was uh, Penelope Ford, and I don't remember who else. Nope, slips my mind. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, I think, Anna Jay and Tynara Conti who won uh, that match. So, yes, uh, I know the winners. I did not see the show, and uh, I, 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 again, haven't seen AEW Dark. Which, by the way, they're touting Scorpio Sky as the king of. <laughs> I don't know if it's good to be the king of the 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 dark match show or the show with all the squash matches on it, but uh, they are building to him and Cody for the TNT title, so that should be good stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, that all that being said, that's a wrap for this week's show. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can find the archives of the show, and of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify, just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more Dynamite on TNT, featuring Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, Part 2.